Let us pray. Our precious Father, I want to thank you again for the privilege we have to gather to study your word. We trust this hour into your hands, trust you to teach us, help us to speak as oracles of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our topic is God's weapons of warfare. God's weapons of warfare. Second Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, we started to say last week that we should understand that if you do not know the weapons of God, you will deploy the wrong weapons. And so today we are going to look into the weapons of God, and as we study that, we study some other things that go along with it, that makes it work. So we are engaged in a spiritual confrontation with unseen demonic spirits that are far inferior. The Christian must understand that he's dealing with this thing from a position of strength, from a position of superiority, not on a position of equal terms with the devil. You must get that in your mind because the devil tries to twist it around so you think that you are the victim, but you are not. You are the conqueror. You must understand that your engagement is from a position of strength, a position of superiority, great superiority, a position of victory so that you engage appropriately with the right mindset, with, the prop- with proper persuasion, so you, can, so, you can, so you can win, because as a man thinks he's at, so he will be. So we want to read some scriptures that show us that our position in this engagement is awesome. Really, really awesome. In 1 John 4, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. That's every spirit that confesses that Jesus came and became man is of God. Because if he wasn't a man, he couldn't die. And if he wasn't a man, they who represent us. So any spirit that denies that, that says that Jesus came in the flesh, became man. The flesh, the, the word became flesh is of God. Now three, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. Demonic spirits will try to, 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 to deny that he came in the flesh so that they rob us of our, of our representation in Christ. So, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard has, was coming. And it's now already in the world. There are people who are teaching that. Already in the world, you are upset. It now tells us that we have overcome all of them. This scripture verse 4 that people quote all the time, they don't understand that it's really referring to the fact that the Christian has overcome all those demonic spirits, all of them. So in verse 4 it says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Overcome all these demonic spirits. It's talking about all these things they are doing. You say you are superior to them, you have overcome them. Overcome them. Than the world, yes, but you have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So you can understand that when you engage in, you're engaging from a position of strength. 
Romans 8:34. I mean 37. No, despite all these things, brethren, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Man, if he said victory, would we be celebrating it? But he said overwhelming victory. Overwhelming victory. Overwhelming. That's what you should expect all the time. Ephesians 1.17. That the God, so Paul was praying that we should know our position with Christ. That is far above all these demonic things. So you know that this engagement is not equal, equal engagement. No, 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 no. It's not equal. It's nothing like that. It, there is nothing like that. Ephesians 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Remember we were reading last week, David was saying that people should know, all Israel should know, the whole world should know, the church should also know. God doesn't want us to walk in ignorance so that we will know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the Christ and what is the exceeding greatness of his power, the power that walketh in you. The kingdom of God is in you. You carry the power of the kingdom of God. This is a position of strength. I mean, you represent the, the, you represent the kingdom, the ultimate kingdom there is. And then the king of kings is living in you. So he said, we should know the, the greatness of his power to us who believe. According to the working of this, his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, now verse 21 brings another dimension that is amazing. Now, now we're not talking only about the power in us, man, which is, which is awesome. This power does exceedingly above and, and things that no man can even imagine or think. That's amazing power that you're carrying there. You are in a position of incredible strength. Then verse 21 brings another dimension that should make a Christian man I mean, or just Go for thanksgiving. Verse 21. He said, These spirits, all of them, we sit far above all principalities and power and might and dominion. And in case you are not sure what he's talking about, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. The power in you, the, where you are seated with Christ, far above them. Position of strength. These are the people you're engaging. They are way below you. Oh, they are way below you. Verse 22. I had put all things under his feet. We say the body of Christ is his feet. Your feet is not here. Your feet is down there. If you put something under my feet, you put it under my body. So I step on it. So the body of Christ on earth is his, is his church. So he put, he put all those things under our feet. So can you imagine, this engagement, does it sound like we're engaging equal something? It, it does, where does that picture come from? Except the enemy is trying to, you know, the proud trying to lift himself where he's not. Verse 22, I have put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, which is his body, to which you belong, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Ephesians 4.7 talks about how God has raised us up together with Christ, his body, and we are seated uh, with him in heavenly places where he's uh, seated. So now, the Bible also 
says that we reign. We are a regent. God's regent. The Bible says why, 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 why the word of the king is there's authority. You reign. You reign on earth. You reign. So when you engage them, you understand that you are the one reigning. You have, you, may, you have tremendous position of strength. Romans 5, 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace. So the Holy Spirit is showing us what the sin of Adam did and what the grace of God did for us in Christ. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. We live in triumph. We live in triumph over sin and death. Through this one man, Jesus Christ, we live in triumph. It's our lifestyle. Living in triumph is our lifestyle. And then Jesus gave the church all divine authority that he got. He handed it over to his body. Because we inherited Christ. When he died and left, we inherited everything that he's owned. We inherited his name. We inherited all his blessings. We inherited it. We inherited, because we are his body, we inherited him. That's why we are joint heirs with him. We, when he died and left, we inherited him. Everything that is his, we inherited it. And by inheriting him, we inherited everything that is God's. Because he said, all yours are mine. So when he left, we inherited Christ. So the power, the authority that he got, that is all his, he gave it to his body. Because that's his body. The head and the body function together. So in Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Men, if you hear that, you will say, Oh, yeah, Jesus has it. So he told them to go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But Mark 16 tells us that he authorized us to use this power that is his name. Because the scripture says that God has exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That or at the name of Jesus, every name bows. And so he gave us the authority to use his name. So he handed us, he delegated this authority to you. That brings every, every need down. That's what you have. But say, Pastor, it doesn't work for you. It will never work until you start believing that it works. Just, it's just that simple. So in Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go into all the world, pray the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe, not just pastors, in my name. You see? We cannot use his name. In my name. How much, how much power and authority is in that name? Every power that heaven has is in that name. God put it there. Vested it in his name. He handed it over to you. In his name. Shall they cast out devils? Look at that. <laughs> man. This, this is it, man. So we're in a position of power. Position of strength. Overwhelming victory. Because of overwhelming power and overwhelming authority. Now, let, let, let's, see, let's look at the devil for a minute. I mean, let's just even look at this defeated zero. Let's just look at this defeated zero. Let's just look at the defeated zero. Look at the zero. Let's see what the zero looks like. When I mean zero, I mean the devil. So let's see what this defeated zero looks like. So you can understand our position of strength. Now, in, um, in um, Colossians 2, 15. I want to see the position of the devil. Colossians 2.15. Let me read King James Version. 
He says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. This is his position. He was publicly disgraced, totally tried, messed up, displayed and defeated. He, he can't begin to bargain. There's no bargaining. He can't begin to even show any position at all. What does he have? He's been defeated and publicly dis, 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 displayed. I love this, I love this translation. This translation comes from Expanded Bible Version. He said, and let me read, you know, he says, God, or Christ, stripped the spiritual rulers and powers of their authority that disarmed, despoiled the rulers and the authorities with, uh, with the cross. He won the victory and showed the world that they were powerless. Publicly shamed them. Oh, man. Publicly shamed them, made a public spectacle of them. Like a triumphant general displaying his captives in a victory parade. That's the spirit we are dealing with. And then look at these marvelous scriptures, people. Did you tell you the devil really has terrible disadvantage? Look at this scripture, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against this shall prosper. Are you telling me God is lying? Are you telling me the Bible is not true? Are you going to deny the word of God that is not true? Are you going to deny it? No weapon that is formed against this shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, that shall condemn. You don't have to have time to listen to all these gossips and talk. People talk. What are you doing with that? It's worthless talk. This is the heritage of servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. This is your heritage. Talking of servants, we are sons. We have even better, stronger position. The righteousness is, he gave us his righteousness. Acceptance. Those who have this righteousness reign in life. So in case you think it's only Old Testament talk, look at Luke 10, 19. Behold, give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Is it not what we read in Isaiah that Jesus repeated? Nothing shall by any means, any means whatsoever. Whether in the dream, are you hearing me? Whether you ate okra soup, can you hear me? Whether you drank coke, by any means, is by any means. Are you going to call Jesus a liar? Are you? Are you? Whose word will you believe? Is it the word of Jesus or the word of a human being? Is it the experience of people or the infallible word of the Lord himself? He said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. No matter the means. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Whether in the dream or in the day, any means whatsoever is any means. John 16, 33. I have told you these things. Now I'm reading Amplified uh, uh, Translation. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have, you have tribulations, trials, and distress, and frustration, but be of good cheer in the middle of that. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, why? For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered for you. Are you going to doubt God? Are you going to say God is, not, is lying? Exodus 12, 13. And the blood shall be put, the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. 
when I see the blood, <laughs> when I see the blood, shall pass over you. And the plague shall not come, shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the hand of Egypt, when I see the blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood is, 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 is a permanent protection. If you know, if you understand what that blood means. And our life is hid in Christ. I mean, we're just so, God so protected us. He said, look, he said, I want to use the church to teach the, the demons a lesson. That's what he said. He said, I want to show them my many side wisdom. Let them see what I've done in the body. He said, I want to show those demons my many sided wisdom. Frustrate them. Colossians 3 For you died to this life, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Isaiah 54 15. Behold, they shall surely gather. They are prosperous. They will try to try you now. They will gather. They will usually now, normally, they are so proud. But not by me. I'm not in their midst. I didn't send them. Whosoever shall gather against thee shall fall. Why? For thy sake, for who you are. Position of power, amen. For who you are. And the devil is the most vulnerable, most fearful spirit you, you will ever see. Look at him here, church. Look at him here. Can we read about the devil here? James 2:19. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Right now, they, they tremble. They are trembling in terror, even as I'm preaching. They are trembling in terror. Now you are engaging a spirit that is already trembling in terror. So, what is this? There's no equality in this thing. He's already trembling in terror. Are you going to say God lied? Are you going to say the Bible is not the truth? And we sing it, whose report will you believe? So the weapons we're talking about, they're not physical because we're dealing with spiritual situation. We engage with spiritual beings, so we are not using spirit, uh, physical weapons. So all this kick the devil with the leg is all, all, all junk. Don't forget about all those things. There's nothing physical that affects the devil wasting your time. So the weapons of God are not physical. Remember that Saul didn't know the weapons of God, so he dressed David up in his own weapon because he thought that's what works. But David said, no, God doesn't use this one. You must know God to the extent to understand his weapons. So Ephesians 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wise of the devil. Wise. What is wise? It means devious and cunning strategies. Devious and cunning strategies employ the manipulating or persuading someone to do what one wants. Arguments, fantasies, imageries that he uses to make you believe what he wants you to believe. Manipulate mind game, mind control. Wants to convince you you are very sick, he will convince you. And as a man thinks in his heart, so it will be, there's nothing anybody can do about it. He will confuse you, you will die, you accept it, you die. He knows these things. Convinces you this is not going to work for you. It will never work for you, as long as you believe that. But I say, put on God's whole armor, 
the armor of a heavy armed soldier. This is amplified, I'm reading this particular verse. A heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Just reading the same verse 11. Verse 12 now, back to the translation we're using, back to verse 12. New King James Version, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Remember why they are under our feet. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, which means spiritual. Not of this world, spiritual. Now verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having guided your waist with truth, having put on the bracelet of righteousness. I think we discussed up to this point for today. And on Thursday, we can take up the other armor. But let's, let's, let's deal with these ones today. Now, we are told, number one, let me read some other scriptures. Revelations 12, 9. And the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent, called the devil, and Satan, which deceived, see what it does? Deceived the whole world. Deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him, ten, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength, the king, and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. First Peter 5 it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because you are the adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, not a lion, as a roaring pretender. Walked about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, let's look at first instructions we read in the book of Ephesians. In verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 10, what's the first instruction? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's the first instruction. You know, people don't look at this. They jump into the weapons of our welfare, they have forgotten the first thing that the Holy Spirit said the Christian must do is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because if you are not strong in the Lord and the power of his might, you can't deploy other weapons. You can't operate under weakness. You can't. So what does it mean to be strong in the Lord? It's to, be to, to know the Lord. Be fully persuaded in who he is. Be fully persuaded in his power. Be fully persuaded in the testimony of scripture. Be strong in the Lord, not in your power. Some will say, oh, Pastor, you know, I, I've done my best. No, there's no place the scripture says do your best. It said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Daniel 11.32 said, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God, be strong in the Lord by knowing the God you serve, by knowing Jesus. People who know Jesus shall be strong in faith, persuaded, fully persuaded. Paul said, I know in whom I believe, completely persuaded. He said, therefore, none of these things move me. He's strong in the Lord. Children, Meshach, Abednego, so our God is able. We don't care about these things. Our God is able. 
those who know, they shall be strong and do exploits. You know, you don't know Jesus by watching news all the time. They don't teach you about Jesus. Many people, I don't even know how people want to waste their time. Watching movies, they will never know Jesus watching movies. Just forget it. Job 19.25 says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth in the midst of terrible situation. This is the testimony of a man who knows his God. He didn't say, I think. He didn't say, maybe. You know, he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. He's coming back to earth. I know he is alive. Man, this is, this is why you start this battle. Look at David in Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiced. Paul said, I've learned to rejoice in infirmities because the grace of God is more than enough to handle all this. And with my song, will I praise him? The Lord is their strength and he is the saving strength of his anointed. You. So Paul was praying that the church should know, should know, should know the power, to know God, know this power that walketh in them. So we can begin to understand our position of victory. And number two thing is in verse 11 and verse 13, he told us we must put on the whole armor of God. Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. It didn't say put on half. You see, we don't read scripture very well. And because we don't take care, time to read it, we truncate it and miss out the facts and go and be doing what he didn't say. And it's not going to work. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wives of the devil. All of them. Not some. And then in verse 13, in verse 13, he said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God again that you may, able to, to may be, you may be able to withstand in the evil days. So in two verses, he said, hey, 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 hey. First thing, put on the whole armor. Not part, not partner, not partner. That's what he tells us. And we need to know really what we're up against, like we mentioned before, is a mind game stuff. The devil is always interested in invading your innermost being. He wants to invade your heart. He knows that all the issues of your life is coming from there. You think he's stupid? You think he's stupid? So he wants to take over that heart and control your life. But the Bible instructs us to guard our heart diligently. So we must be sober and vigilant as, this, as, as the scripture tells us, First Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. Guard your heart diligently. Be sober, be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant. You can't afford, therefore, to watch anything you like. Brethren, let me tell you the truth. Some things you watch on television will introduce demonic activities into your life directly. They will look innocent. I'm telling people from experience. You can't afford to, to, to listen to just anything. I remember when I came back from Nigeria, sharing with my wife, I said, oh, I heard about this pastor. They said, my wife said, don't poison me with that. That was a good defense right there. Don't poison me with this. I can't hear this. 
This is gossip. Take it away from me. You just can't afford to let the devil penetrate your mind with juicy gossips about people. He will put resentment in your heart. He will plant bitterness in your heart. He will plant hatred in your heart. Softly without you knowing it, the way you greet those people will change. And they may not even have done anything directly to you. You can't afford to follow just any company. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Not everybody that goes to church is a Christian. The Bible says you have to follow people who are like-minded people. You can't, you can't just follow anybody. Once you hear their language is not agreeing with scripture, you get out, my friend. What are you waiting for? They'll corrupt your mind with, with iniquity. They pull you away from grace and put you into works. That will destroy everything you're doing. You just cannot afford it. There's no emotion or sentiment about this because you want to win a very important battle. The Bible says we must be vigilant. We must be sober. Sober means you can't allow things to control you. You can't be drinking alcohol. You can't be, you can't be subject yourself to controlling influences, intoxicants, intoxicants, intoxicants. Paul said, I shall not be, I'm not going to be brought under the power of anything. Because let me tell you, if you allow something to start controlling you, you are really practicing for the devil to control you one way or the other. So you might as well nip it in the bud. Food can't control you. Drinking soda can't control you. No, nothing, no. You must live free. Look at Judas, John 13, 2. And supper being ended, the devil having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him. See? He put it in his heart. The man wasn't guarding his heart. His heart was unguarded. And it came as a thought. But the Bible said those are the strongholds. The next thing we see the devil do now, because now the platform has been built, he gave him a platform to operate. In verse 27, the same John 13, and after that shop, Satan entered into him. Because he built that platform with the thought. Built that platform with the thought. The devil got into Judas. After using him, he killed him. After using him, he killed him in the most vicious type of death that his boss, his gods burst out of his stomach. That demonic viciousness. You can't afford to have your heart empty. Unless you're not interested in winning. Because we can't be talking, talk, talk, talk. We have to read the Bible and follow every instruction the scripture gave us so that you can stand in the evil day. Matthew 12, 43. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walked through dry places, seeking rest, finding none. Then he said, I will return no, <laughs> into my house from whence I came out. And then he's come. And when he's come, he finded it empty. There's no word of God. Doesn't study. Doesn't go to Bible studies. No life center. Nothing. Empty. He's busy doing other things. Empty. He's empty. And swept. Garnished. Then he, he goeth, then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits and more wicked than himself. And they enter in. Why should they enter in? It's empty. And dwell there. And then you start doing some things that they can't control. You begin to do impulsive things, impulsive anger, impulsive masturbation, impulsive sexual things, impulsive. You can't stop. Impulsive gossip. Things that you have no more control over. Don't you know that there's a spirit that is now taking over and doing those things? Impulsive lust, impulsive, strange 
sexual desires? Strange. And then the things of God, you begin to pull back. No more excitement. Don't you understand something is happening? You are reading the Bible. It doesn't, doesn't minister to you anymore. Fellowship, you are no more excited. Something is doing that. Remember what he did to Judas. It's a vicious spirit. So we need to listen to the scripture, Colossians 3.16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives so it's not empty. Fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Teach so you got to go and sit down and be taught. You got to go and sit down and be taught. If you are too proud to be taught, you've lost the battle from there. Because pride will build a platform he will enter. Something can do about it. God gives grace to the humble, not to the proud. So we see that the first thing that the scripture told us to do is to be strong in the Lord. Number two, it told us that we must put on the whole armor of God. And because we are dealing with the wives of the enemy, we must protect our hearts, our minds. Let me tell you something about this wicked spirit. Because he knows he can do it, nothing except deceive you. Do you know he, he will accuse you to your wife? Accuse your wife to you. He will, he will, he will, look, if God blesses you, he will, make, he will try to make you miserable. He will try to mock your faith until you think it's not working. He will try to mock your faith. It's a mind game. He play, dangerous mind game. Mock your faith until your praise is gone. He would try to mock, he mocked Jesus and mocked Jesus until he was tired. He said, you are son of God. Deliver, why not deliver yourself and us? He came and said, if you are the son of God now, why not make bread? It's mockery. He will want to break your emotions and break you down. But if you fill your heart with the word, man, if you fill your heart with the word about Jesus, he will hit the wall. He will try to hit the wall. He will try to hit the wall. That's the light that shines in darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend it at all. There's no space for him in your heart. So the next, the next one, that the, the armor that they were told to have is Ephesians 6.14. Stand therefore, having guided your waist with fruit. So the next one is truth. The first rail in, in the enumeration of the Amos is truth. And truth is so important that I want to dwell in it, on it. Now, you do understand that if you don't know the truth and you're ignorant, you can't use any of those Amos, or the rest of the Amos. Because you don't know about them, you don't know what they are because you don't know the truth. The truth is the thing that is the belt that ties the whole, we the whole weapons together. You can imagine a soldier going to war front without his belt. It's his belt where he puts his grenade, puts his knife, puts his this. Puts, if he doesn't have a belt, he's gone. It's finished. So the truth is our belt. That's what guards the rest. Without the truth, you are ignorant. If you are ignorant, you don't know what to do. Now, I want to make a point here about the truth before I go on. Be sure that what you believe is the truth too. Because I can say on good authority that a lot of things that Christians think the Bible said is not what it said. A lot of things Christians talk about 
they think the Bible said is not what the Bible said. It's important, let me say it here, if you're hearing me. If you are going to church or Bible studies, for God's sake, bring your own Bible. See all these things we read on the screen? It's, not, it's helping, but it's not the best. Take your own Bible and fo- make sure you are reading it and write it. Because these general things we read will make you won't even know. That you read it, they think, you think, you think, you will think. You will think that you got it right. There are many things we believe that the Bible didn't say that to. And it, it's, 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 it's incredibly disadvantageous to you. Do you know, no matter how you have thought about prayer of agreement, people still go around and say, bro, agree with me. <laughs> I'm going for an interview, agree with me. See, there's no such thing. Even pastors do it. It's so popular. There is no such thing in the Bible. But they think it's Bible. There are many things we do that it's not Bible, but we think it's Bible. Look at the announcement we make in church. You make announcement after service, find out. Let me say it again. You see, any teaching and any sermon you listen once, you don't know it. I, I guarantee you, 12 hours after that, you don't even know the topic. You don't know what they said. You don't know it. And if you are a preacher, you are hearing me. If you are a pastor, I plead with you in the name of the Lord. Please, repeat teachings. People don't know it the first time. Help people. Repeat it. Those who don't want to hear second, leave them alone. Repeat it over. Some will hear you after the seventh teaching. I know what it took when I started teaching on grace. It took more than one year, two, for people to start hearing it. Up to now, some are now, it's now that people are beginning to. But you know when we started teaching on grace and righteousness? Sunday school teachers, I beg you in the name of the Lord, follow the outline you are giving. Don't jump and say, the Holy Spirit gave me another one. It's confusion. Follow that thing because as you follow it methodically, systematically, you will help people to finally hear what you are teaching. Don't think the first day you taught it, they had you. I am telling you again, after this Bible study, if you don't hear it again, tomorrow come and tell me what I taught. You won't remember them. And after one week, you won't remember anything. The things you remember are the things that you have known. Luke 11.34. Your eyes is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is bad, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Make sure. Take your Bible. Read these things. Take these sermons. Take your Bible. Read them. It is for your own good. You need the truth. It's not optional. You can do what you like, but you lose battles. If you don't have the belt of truth, you will lose. You'll be frustrated. So Jesus said, make sure that the light you, ha- you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant. As though a floodlight were filling you with light. You know, people come to me and say, Pastor, you say so, so, so. I didn't say it. They were sitting in church. They would quote what I never said. Didn't cross my mind. They say, Pastor, you know, you say so, so about so, so. I say, I, I, sometimes I look at them. I don't talk to them. I didn't say it. I'm not talking about once, twice, three times. I didn't say those things. Sometimes I finish saying something, somebody will say, yeah, pastor says so. I didn't say those things. People hear things from what they think. We have all these lenses. 
So we hear what we want to hear. What, what is in our mind? We hear communication is not an easy thing. They hear what they want to hear and, and filter what you are saying from what they think you should be saying. Brethren, I'm telling people the truth. What they think you should be saying. And they're sitting there looking at you. But they're filtering it with their dogmas, with their pet doctrines, with what they think it should be. At the end of the day, that's not what you said. That's, that's not what the Bible said. Truth is very important. Very important. Because ignorance will kill anybody. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not knowing the truth. Number two. John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. If you don't know the truth, you aren't going to be free. You can't win no battles with falsehood. You just cannot. So what is the truth? John 14, 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus is the truth. Ephesians 4.20. But you have not, but you have not so learned Christ. 21. If indeed you have had him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. Now begin to see the truth is in him. He is the truth. First John 18.37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Truth comes from the mouth of Jesus, the mouth of the Holy Spirit. And the truth is Christ revealed to you. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 5, 33. You sent Unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. What witness did John bear? Look at the witness of John. John 1 29. The next day, John see Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, we take it away the sins of the world. That's the witness that Christ, that's the truth. First John 5 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he had testified of his son. He that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. He that believeth not God had made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God gave of, gave of that God had given us eternal life. This life is in his Son. The truth is Jesus. The truth is in him. The truth is Christ. He brought us eternal life. The testimony of Christ is the truth. Colossians 2.17 these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is the reality. Listen to me. Christ is the fulfillment of God's promises to deliver mankind and save us and bless us. The word which has been became reality. The word came and became truth in manifestation. Became reality a manifestation. That's why I say Christ is the reality. He is the truth. The indisputable truth is Christ. Displaying the word that has been. The truth that has been. The word became flesh. The truth became reality. First John 1 John 1.14 And the word was made flesh. 
the word, the truth, became reality that people can see. People can see. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The grace of God and truth. John bear witness of him and Christ saying, this was he of whom I spoke. Remember they said John is bearing witness to the truth. Jesus said I came to bear witness to the truth. Why? He was talking about himself. John 1, 15. John bear witness of him, of him and Christ saying, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. For he was before me. 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. He came, brought the word into manifestation, into reality. Christ is the truth. We, if we don't know this and you talk about the, the, the weapon of truth, and you don't know what the truth means, how can you use it? How can you deploy it? You be another saw. Oh yeah, weapon of truth. So what is truth? Jesus is the truth that sets free. Is the truth that sets free. Look for 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He, he said, I came to bear witness to the truth. Listen to his witness. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And as of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. He made them look at him, focus on him. He is the truth. Then he said, and he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your own ears. I've come. I'm the truth. I'm the promised Messiah. I am the hope of Israel, the glory of his people. Here. Full of grace and truth. So, what is the source of the truth? Matthew 16, 15. He said unto them, But whom say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto you. Flesh and blood does not reveal the truth to people. God can use people to inspire but the truth comes from the mouth of God directly. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. John 16, 13, how be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak. I will show you things to come. Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. First Thessalonians 4.9 But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourself are taught of God to, to love one another. Taught of God. John 6.45 As it is written in the scriptures, they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to Christ. Proverbs 6, 2, 6. For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
Luke 24, 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. And Jesus said, the most important need of man is to know the truth. Is to know the truth from the mouth of the master. I came to bear witness of the truth. Luke 10, 4, 41. To know Christ. Luke 10, 41. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet so you can hear the witness of the truth come out of my mouth. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. So we must have a desire to know the truth, to know Christ who is the truth. Philippians 3.7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yea, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ, who is the truth, Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all garbage. And what and what have you discarded so that you can know Christ? So that I could gain Christ and become one with him, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, rather I became righteous through faith in Christ. My prayer is that the spirit of truth will guide us into the truth. It's a weapon that only God supplies. That's why the truth comes from him. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for revealing the truth to us. The weapons of God, you supply them. Truth comes from your mouth. Men don't supply it. You can use men to teach it, inspire and anoint men, but we must hear directly from you. Call Rema. Except the Lord builds those who are building our center. That's why it's important for us to sit at your feet in our privacy so that you can witness the truth to us. For we need that weapon of truth. Help us understand these things, that Jesus is the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.